Thank you for listening to the Calvary Monterey podcast. Please visit calvary.com to learn more about our church. And visit nateholdridge.com for additional Bible teaching from our lead pastor, Nate Holdridge. Teaching today is our recovery pastor, Mike Casey. Like Nate, I have a, I don't have a mug collection, but I do want to share my, actually my Homeboy Industries mug with you guys. Homeboys Industries is a great ministry down in Los Angeles area that ministers to gang members, gets them off the streets, gives them, teaches them a trade. And uh, they just do a great work there. So if you guys could keep them in prayer, they're going through a lot of transition, just like the rest of us here uh, during COVID. There's a lot of people that aren't able to get services. So if you guys could keep them in prayer, that would be great. And uh, mentioning prayer, let me go ahead and open us up in prayer tonight. So Father God, I thank you for, for who you are, Lord. I just thank you for, for being with us, Lord, for uh, just being steadfast in our lives, Lord. And I ask you to be with us during your this time in your word tonight that you would bless us, that you would empower me to speak your word and that Lord, this would reach somebody right where they are tonight. In Jesus name, amen. So tonight I'm actually at a, a teaching of 2 Corinthians 4. So if you're at home and you wanna turn in your Bible, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 14, but I'm gonna get to that a little bit later in the study. I've actually titled the study tonight, Down But Not Out. and. Uh, you know, in high school, one of my favorite electives was called English 38. I'm a movie guy. I liked old school movies, like old, like really old school movies, the old MGM movies. And uh, so I spent a lot of time in that classroom. And I really like movies. And what I like about movies is in usually in about two hours, you can paint a really clear picture of something that's going on. And I think one of the, one of, I would think, maybe you don't, one of the most recognizable movie lines of all time is Adrian! So if you're thinking Rocky, yeah, you guessed it, Rocky. Uh, Rocky was a great movie. There went on to be a total of eight episodes in that series in Rocky. And why am I talking about Rocky Balboa at a Tuesday night Bible study? Good question. Because Nate's not here? No, uh, because I think it really kind of fits what I want to talk about tonight. And uh, Rocky really claims a, paints a clear picture of the underdog. If you remember in all of his movies, he would train, he would train, he would train, he would get to the fight and he would just be getting like pummeled. I mean, just like pummeled, his, his, his trainer would be saying, you know, stay down, Rock, stay down, just stay down. But not Rocky. Rocky was like, no, I'm not staying down. I am gonna, I'm gonna get in this fight and I am going to do the best that I can. And that's why I entitled the message Down But Not Out. I think that paints a really clear picture of the underdog. That paints a real picture of somebody that's not willing to lay down and give up. Somebody that's not willing just to say, I'm not gonna fight. And I think as believers, especially in this time that we're going through, we need to be that type of a person, we need that type of a believer that is like, yeah, things are going on all around me. I can't control them. I don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next, one minute to the next. But what I can do is I can be a fighter. I can keep my eyes locked on Jesus Christ and I can keep on moving forward. Amen. All right. So... I want to actually share out of 1 Corinthians uh, verses 8 through 10 with you just to kind of start the night off. It says, I'm sorry, I got to turn back over here. I, I said, turn to your Bibles and I turned to myself. So, 
All right, verse 8, chapter 1, 2 Corinthians, uh, verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we have experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we were in despair of life. In the sentence of death, but what was to make us rely, but it was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises from the dead. He, deliver, he delivered us from such deadly perils and he will del deliver us on him. We have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So even Paul out there on a missions journey, they, they're talking about that they were in fear. They were in fear for their life and they kept their eyes on who? They kept their eyes focused on Christ. And, uh, you know, I love and respect Paul so much because if we look back at Acts 9.16, when, when Saul became Paul and he went into Tarsus and he was blinded, I love that it said something like scales fell from his eyes. And at that moment, when those something like scales fell from his eyes, he saw clearly who Christ was. He saw clearly what Christ was trying to do. He saw clearly Christ's purpose in his life. But what I like about, about Paul is it says in verse 16, it says, and I will show him, I will show him how much he must suffer for my sake. Can you imagine that? You, you have a conversion, you see clearly who Jesus is. And now the next thing you hear is, I'm going to show you Paul, how much you're going to suffer. You know, I think most of us, we want to we get saved. We want to meet some nice people. We want to go to church. And we have an expectation that our life is going to get better and that our life is somehow going to just be easier now because Jesus is in our life. And it does in a lot of respects, and it can in a lot of respects. But also, it depends on what God is going to do with your life. You know, are you going to truly be open and are you truly going to allow God to work in your life, to move in your life? Or do you just want to be somebody that's going to accept Christ and go to church? When I first became a believer, um, I think a lot of people knew me from my days as a heroin addict. And when I became a believer, I told my wife, Michelle, I said, I'm a believer now. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross. I believe that we should publicly gather in fellowship and, and worship and read his words in corporate gatherings. But I'm only going to be, I'm only going to go to church on Sundays. That's my commitment to devote to Christ and his church. I'll go on Sundays. I'll be a Sunday Christian. And I think we all know a lot of people that only go to church on Sundays or are people that we call priesters. They go to church on Christmas and Easter and that's their commitment. And if your commitment is minimal, then maybe you're not going to do too much suffering. Maybe God isn't going to use you. But if like Paul, who was like, I'm all in, I'm a hundred percent in, there was going to be some suffering. And we know from reading the Bible and reading the journeys and the missions trips of Paul, that he was in perils of robbers and he was in shipwreck and he was snake bit and he was stoned and he had to be uh, he had to be uh, dropped outside of the wall of the city in a basket, beaten nearly to death. So we know that he faced some trials to be able to spread the gospel. 
he, I, I guess we can kind of say he's almost like Rocky Balboa, that he, that he took a licking and kept on ticking. He was not going to be dissuaded or he was not going to stop from doing what he was doing. You know, so for him, it was perils, 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 you know. Um, he also believed in the, the, the adage, if you fall down seven times, get up how many? Get up eight. So if you go down, get up. If you go down, get up. Don't give up. Never give up. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus, our creator, and find out what he wants to do in your life. Um, so we're going to go ahead and go into the text now in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. And it's interesting because the, the, the way this chapter break is, it's actually titled Treasures in Jars of Clay. And what that talks about, it talks about our fragility, that, we're, that we are these fragile treasures in these, these fragile jars of clay. I don't know if any of you have like, I, Michelle has some terracotta pots and they're, they're easily knocked over, they're easily damaged, they're easily broken. Good thing they're inexpensive, so you can just go buy another one. But we are, in, in the eyes of Christ Jesus, we are treasures, but we are in these fragile bodies. We're in these fragile situations, and we're not always the toughest person around, are we? I know, like, I know we like to think that we are. I know that we like to think that we're strong and that we got everything, especially men, we got it. What is our faith? You know, I got it. I got it under control. We don't like to show our weakness at all. We like to believe and we like to think and we like to portray that we're much stronger than we actually are. And, uh, and what is fragility? Fragility, I actually looked it up. It says the quality of being easily broken or damaged. And I can say firsthand that there's so many times in my life that I have been so easily broken and even more easily damaged um, in my personality, in my, in my soul, in my spirit, in my life, with the way that I was brought up. So at verse 7, it says, But we have these treasures in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. Let me read that again. It says that we have these treasures in jars of clay to show us the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So when we think about it, we like to think that we're in control, but we're not in control. And the sooner that we realize that God is in control, the better off that we're, we're all going to be. We're, we need to realize that we, excuse me, that we don't always have things in our control, that we're not as strong as we like to think. We're not as strong as we like to act or we like to pretend to be. But we are these, these treasures in these jars of clay, and the, and the power belongs to God and not to us. It says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body of death, Jesus, so that life, Jesus, may be also manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at, so that, so, so death is at work in us and life in you. So this, this, this text talks about 
actually how fragile we are. And I think that we can all look at what's going on today in, in the economy in the world. We are, we are being pressed. We, we don't know from one day to the next what's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to be able to go grocery shopping, if we're going to be able to, you know, when can you have your kids over again or your grandkids? My son-in-law is actually taping this tonight, and it's been a really long time since we got to be able to enjoy them over for dinner. And, and so it is, it is is maddening it is it is crazy and and we are being we're you know tried and the beauty of what is going on here is that that i'm a believer in christ and i know that no matter how bad this gets i know that my trust is not in the world i know my faith is not in the world i know that my faith is in christ in christ alone so as these things happen we we need to try to have a really good and positive attitude and we need to be able to just roll with the punches. Like, you know, this is not my idea. Uh, who, who out of anybody watching tonight would have ever imagined when I was uh, getting ready this morning and I was actually looking around for a face mask. I have all these face masks that actually pull over my head and they, they, they kind of just hang around my neck. They kind of look like an, an ascot or a dicky, and, uh, and, I was actually looking around and I was thinking, wow, I didn't wash very many of them. So I don't, I don't have very many clean ones. And I thought, who would have ever thought in a million years that you would have to have enough face masks to, to be able to wash them and have some clean that you would have enough that actually I try to now actually match them with what I'm wearing. I have some gray ones. I have some black ones. I have one that has like the constellation on it. The one I just took off is tie-dyed that kind of matched my shirt today. And, uh, and I have the, the, the paper ones that I keep in my car in case I don't launder my, who would have ever thought of that? I mean, would anybody have ever thought in a million years that you would have to, uh, they're even selling, I saw it on TV. They're even selling outfits. Like when you go into like a store, that have face masks actually on the shirt that match the shirt and match the pants. That's crazy. I mean, I would have never thought that. I would have never imagined that. But I am actually, I am this fragile person in this jars of clay and I am being shown that the surpassing power belongs to God and not because I can't control this. I can't help what's going on. I can't change what's going on. I can't do anything about what's going on. I mean, let's look what's going on in the country right now. We have, we have social distancing. We have, uh, it was really funny a few weeks ago, we have killer wasps. We have the whole thing going on with George Floyd, Black Lives Matter. We have people tearing down statues. We have social unrest. And it's just absolute crazy what's going on in this world today. You know, and we, we as believers, we have no control over it. All we can do as believers is continue doing what we're doing. We can continue to to fellowship the best that we can. And for that, that us, that means actually fellowshipping in different ways. You know, I was talking to my friend Austin the other day and we had taken a break from our life group. And I was saying, I, I don't want to start life group back up next week via zoom. I, I got to figure out a way of getting people outside. I want to be able to, to look people in the eye and talk to them and be out in the open air not on a computer screen because I am very ADD and you get me at home um, and it's like the dogs are barking or, 
you see a, a plant that's dying that you want to get up and water or you have something boiling on the stove. I'm all over the place. It's very tough for me um, as a life group leader to be able to be at home with life going on around me and still try to conduct a life group and still actually try to understand what's going on in somebody's life and and personally what's going on with them and what their needs are whether uh, whether they have needs for prayer whether they're struggling like everybody else and it's it's really really difficult to do that yeah it's uh it's so much nicer to get everybody outside but the way things are going right now this is not something we saw this is not something that we planned but i like to look at things optimistically i'm not a pessimistic person i believe that the glass is half full or fuller and i've been saying this for months we have been praying for a revival god's people have been praying for a revival and when i think of a revival my only real thing to look back at is when we talk about Chuck Smith and Calvary Costa Mesa and the and the 70s and the hippies and and Raul Reese and John Corson and 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 Mike McIntosh and all these people and these surfers and these hippies and the long hair and the beards and being barefoot going to church and that was that was called the Jesus movement. That was the day where every so many people just kind of came out of the woodworks and came to Jesus. And uh, so I often think when we we're thinking about what is the next revival going to look like, maybe maybe you don't, but I do. That's kind of what I look at, you know. And I'm looking at my tie-dyed face mask thing sitting over there, and it, you know, it's like. Maybe that's not the way it's going to be. Maybe in God's economy, maybe this is what God is using to slow his people down. Maybe this is what God is using to cause us to realize our fragility, how really how frail and how much in need of him we are. And maybe this is the beginning of, of a revival. You know, I like to think that. I like to believe that we don't go through things for nothing. You know, it says in scripture that what was meant for evil, God can do what God can use it for good. And I absolutely believe that because of, he's done that in my life. And because in the ministry that I oversee the bridge um, and regeneration, I see that every day. I see people with such tragedy in their life, such unexpected things that have happened to them that was meant to tear them down. It was meant to destroy them. I see God using that for his good and his glory. I see God restoring families. And I see God restoring men and women and moms and dads and, and entire families. And I see people rejoicing in the good works that Jesus Christ does. And you know, it also says in scripture that he will never give us more than we can handle or that we can take. We always think, and I think we always say, I, I can't take any more. I've said even numerous times during, I can't, I can't do this for one more day. You know, I don't want to wake up tomorrow and dig for a face mask and have to put it on and have to not see my family you know i say that i, I can't take this anymore and I, I but i say it in jest because obviously we don't have a choice and obviously as a believer in jesus christ and obviously as a pastor of the gospel um i don't i don't want to keep doing this i want to be able to go and to witness to people and minister to people to be able to go into the i i spent a lot of times over the years going into the hospital going into the jails 
going into the prisons and those are the things I can't do those things right now. I can't go visit anybody in county jail or I can't go visit somebody in the hospital just to sit with them and talk with them and see how they're doing because what's going on in today with the COVID doesn't allow me to, it doesn't allow me to be able to minister the gospel. So to be a pastor in these times, even like Nate said the other day, it's difficult, it's tough, it's rough. Um, but all we can do is know and believe that Jesus Christ is in control, that Christ is on the throne, and that he is not going to give us more than we can take or that more that we can handle. It may feel like, and that's where we go back to this, that's where we go back to this text. And I'm going to read it again. It says, but we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And these things happen every day. And as a believer, we, you, need to bring these things that are going on in your life to Christ. You know, talk to him, but he knows what you're going through. But it says that we are never pushed to the point where we're destroyed. We're never pushed to the point where we're, where we're crushed. We're, we're never pushed to the point where we're driven to despair. You know, look back in your life and think of those times when life became really, really challenging and where you felt like you could handle no more. And, and as you look back today at those times that were so trying and so hard, and when you look back at them now, you think, wow, that really grew me. That time was difficult. That time was tough. But you know what? It really grew me as a believer. It really, it really made me know and understand that I can do this. It really made me understand that this trial in my life was for a reason. If we look at the book of James, when James says, Can it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, or some versions say perseverance. And that's true. You, we're going to look back at this point in time someday and say, you know what? I, I learned patience. I learned perseverance. I spent more time in my Bible. I spent more time with my wife. I spent more time connecting with people. Yeah, it may be via Zoom. I use Marco Polo a lot. I, I stay in contact with people uh, up in uh, Napa, the bridge Napa, via Marco Polo. Um, and I'm not a technical guy. Anybody that knows me knows that, I mean, I had to have, have somebody show me how to use it like 10 times and I still didn't use it very well and I still don't use it very well. But it's actually causing me to slow down and be able to think about what's important. Who should I connect with? Who should I spend time or who should I pour time into or who should I try to share wisdom to? Who should I try to disciple or mentor? You know, I've been mentoring Austin for a while, and last Monday he got to share the word on Monday night. Um, I don't know that, that I would have had that amount of time to spend with him in a previous situation, but because of what's going on today in our economy, I was able to have the time because we're stuck in an office together. We're not doing the things that we would normally do, and I was able to spend the time and to take him through the word and to help him um, pull what he needed to out of and put together a Bible study and have the confidence to get up and to deliver it to a group of people for the first time. 
So when we look back, we're going to say, hey, you know what? That time was, God actually used that time. He actually redeemed that time in my life. I actually changed the way that I do something. I actually grew as a believer. I spent more time in the word. You know, there's some mornings now that when I pull up to the building because nobody's here, um, um, I don't like to get out and go into the empty building. So what I've been doing is sitting in my car and listening to another pastor on a podcast or reading my Bible more or spending more time in the word or listening to worship music. So the way that things are going, they're causing me to do things a different way. They're not the way that I would have chosen them. But if we know anything about scripture, we know that this didn't, this didn't catch God out of left field. You may have heard the announcement and said, what? They're closing down the economy. I can't go to work. My kids don't go to school. And it, it was, it was a shock. You know, it was, I remember gathering the employees of second chance and setting them down and saying, well, the store is closing. And they're like, well, what does that mean? And we're like, well, you can't come to work. You know, that's what it means. You know, um, you know, they have bills to pay. They have families to feed. You know, this was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to Michelle. It was a surprise to the bridge board. But you know what? God wasn't taken off guard. God wasn't surprised by this. God knew from the foundation of the earth that that day would happen. My question is, are you a Rocky Balboa? Are you a fighter? Are you tenacious? Are you able to get through these things? Knowing the, the frailty of the human body and even the frailty of the human spirit at times. Is this driving you to into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? Or is this just discouraging you? Is it causing you to feel defeated? You know, Pastor Matt um, talked on Sunday and I, re I really loved it. Matt always has these like little analogies and these little sayings and I love his quotes. Um, but Pastor Matt described in his Sunday sermon about Satan taking all of his tools and laying them out. I don't know if he put them on Craigslist. I don't know what he did, but Pastor Matt described Satan laying out all of his tools and the highest price tool was the most worn tool. And I think the story goes, I don't remember. Forgive me, Pastor Matt, if I mess it up. But somebody asked why that, that tool was so, why the price on it was so high and why it was so worn. And I remember when Pastor Matt said that the description was that tool is so worn because that tool is discouragement. It's the tool that I use the most. And I think really it's the tool that works the best. You know, we know that Satan can use the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We all know that as believers, we know that our flesh is, 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 we battle daily against our flesh. It says we battle not against flesh and blood, but also against principalities and powers of darkness. But we also battle against discouragement because we want things to be a certain way. You know, we want to be able to do what we want to do when we want to do it. We want things to be relatively easy. You know, we want things to go back the way that they were. Every Sunday when I show up here, I hear so many people say, I just want things to go back to the way that they were. You know, um, we're trying to, as the bridge, we're trying to plan our annual fundraiser for September. 
and and we just had a meeting about it today and we were it is it was so much easier when we could just go into the church and put 300 people in there and cook them dinner um, but how do you bring people together to talk about ministry in a whole different economy a whole different environment well i think god has given us the opportunity to think outside of the box you know to do something different you know did we ever think in a million years i'm in i'm in the, the back section of sanctuary too which is normally a sanctuary with over 200 seats that is used to on, on monday nights for regen it's used as sanctuary too on sundays but as i look around now and i see seats stacked in in rows and i see music equipment piled up over in the corner and sanitation stations and boxes of face masks and cases of water what i see is all the equipment it takes to go outside every sunday and set up so that we can spread the gospel you know i believe that god is smiling that that hey they're figuring it out you know because it says in matthew 28 19 it says go therefore and make disciples of all the nations Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Holy Ghost. And that's what we're as a church we're continuing to do. We are we are down, but we're not out. We are we are hard pressed, but we are not crushed. We are beaten down, but we are not driven to despair. We're just figuring out different ways of doing it. You know, it's like when when Jesus was sending the disciples out, he would tell them one time, don't take anything. Another time, take one tunic. Another time, take two. You know, when he sent them out, he was sending them out in different ways. You know, like, you're not always going to have this. And you're not always going to have that. So you need to be able to go out and spread my word and reach my people in whatever way that you can. And praise God that we're able to do it electronically now. We're able to set up in the back of a uh, once a thriving sanctuary that's now equipment storage for another type of way to spread the gospel. And we're able to record electronically and to put it out to you on a Tuesday night so that you could sit in your living room eating your dinner or doing whatever you're doing and watch this. So it may sound like a lot, but I think it's actually in ways an encouragement because God's word will go out regardless and it's our job as believers to spread the gospel it's a command like i said go therefore and make disciples and in any way that we can in, in whatever venue is given to us and right now this is the venue that we have i don't know if the building will ever open back up god does you know but what i do know is that we as a church we're going to show up here every monday night for regeneration we're going to show up here every Tuesday and record a Bible study. We're going to record a Bible study every Sunday. We're going to have a live service outside every Sunday. Whether or not you're bundled up in your jacket, whether or not it's foggy, whether or not it's hot and sunny and you're putting, you know, it's, we've had the whole range. I, there were some Sundays I had to put sunscreen on twice. And there's many Sundays I had to put a jacket on and sit out next to my wife on the lawn shivering. But you know what? Um, my body might have been cold, but my heart was warmed. I got to hear the gospel. There are many churches that don't even have this option of an outside venue, but they're figuring out a way to do it because they are down and they're not out. You know, and, and that's, that's my encouragement that I want to give to you guys. You know, 
So let's be, let's be like Rocky Balboa. Let's be like Saul, who became Paul, who became one of the most powerful teachers and exhorters of all times. That somebody who, no matter how much he was beaten down, never gave up, um, never quit doing what he was doing. Um, he kept on doing what he was doing until he accomplished what he needed and wanted to accomplish. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. was quoted as saying, if you, can, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, never stop moving forward, never stop trying and don't give up. And that's the bottom line. As believers, we need to keep up the fight. We need to, we need to have a good attitude. And we need to know that we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fallen world. Things are not supposed to be easy. Nobody ever said if you became a believer that life was going to get better because we looked at and asked what, what Paul was told. I mean, can you imagine that? Imagine you, you come to Calvary for your first time. A friend brings you. You hear the gospel and you're like, well, I'm, uh, this is it. I want to do this. I, I, I'm feeling it. You know, somebody get somebody to pray with me and and, and they bring you up front and somebody prays with you and you, you kind of open your heart and you open your mind. And the next thing, somebody leans in and says, but you know what? You're going to suffer. I'm going to show you how much you're going to suffer for my sake. <laughs> I think I would have ran. You know, I, I would have ran. Um, um, but because I didn't run and because I persevered and because I was willing to do whatever it took, to follow Christ and do what Christ asked of me. He was able to use me. He was able to bless my life abundantly more than I could ever hope or imagine. And it's been a joy. This season is not fun. This season, I, I feel you guys, this, this is not anything that we would ever wanted to happen, but God will redeem this time. You know, my favorite scripture is Joel. 225, the Lord will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. You know, whether you're just in a season of funk right now, but what I want to say to you is to, to get up. You know, whenever we watch a movie like Rocky, um, I can only imagine how many people, because I, I was one of them, when I watched Rocky, the next morning when I got up, you know what I did? You're right. Crack that egg in the blender. Don't even know why I'm doing it. But I'm going to drink a whole blender full of raw eggs and I'm going to go find some stairs somewhere and I'm going to run up and down them and I'm going to be happy. No, I drank the eggs. I got nauseated. I ran up about three or four stairs and I got very fatigued, right? That's what I did. But did you ever notice when you watch a movie, it gets you all stoked and excited and you want to, I want to go do that. That's what I want to do. What I want you guys to do is get stoked about God's word, you know? I want you to, to read it and get excited and say, I, okay, I want to be used to spread the gospel. I want to be a tool. I want to, I want to help. I want to encourage people. I want to be a witness. I want to be a part of a revival. And you know what? You can be, and God will use you. God wants to use you. God will use you. But you have to be willing to be a tool in his hands and allow him to do whatever he wants to do in your life, not whatever you want him to do in your life. And that's the key. You're saying, God, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you, I'll follow you, but this is what I want. This is how I want you to use me. You know, did I want to 
did I want to be a recovered heroin act that became a pastor that became a program director that you know, no, I mean, no, I wanted to be like just something easy and cool. You know, nothing, nothing too hard, God. But the work that I'm doing now is the hardest work I've ever done, but it's also the most rewarding work I've ever done. And so I'll say this one more time. My encouragement to you guys is to don't be discouraged. Don't fall into despair. Don't let this get you down. Don't let the world beat you up because it's going to try. But keep your faith in Christ. Keep your eyes focused on Christ. Keep your eyes focused on the cross and know that this too shall pass. And what is the future going to look like here? I don't know. But God knows, and it may be way, way cooler than, you know, what if this, what if this led to the biggest revival in history and more people got saved than any other time in the world because of what we were going through? Would you look back then and say, it was worth it. So many people got saved. Staying home was worth it. Not seeing my kids was worth it. Not being able to go buy new shoes at Del Monte Center whenever I wanted to was worth it. I, we would, we would say that. We would say it was worth it. But when we're going through, it's not easy to say that. It's, it's, hard, it's easy to say, oh, I can't take this for even one more day. But you can. God knows that you can. God will never give you more than you can take or handle. And it says that. And I rely and I believe on everything that it says in God's word because I believe it because I've seen it work in my life. I've seen it work in so many people's lives. And uh, times are tough right now. I agree. I feel for you. Um, but God is on the throne. God is in charge. And none of this is taking him by surprise. So I hope this encourages you tonight. Um, I'm not saying run out and you know, drink a blender full of eggs tomorrow morning and run it. But hey, might be good for you, right? Maybe you need, need to get out and jog tomorrow. Uh, maybe you need to get out and exercise. I don't know. Um, but what I want you to do is, is, is take that spirit. That spirit. If you remember watching the movies, everybody kept saying, just stay down, just stay down, just stay down, just stay down. But his spirit wouldn't allow him to stay down. That thing inside of him would not allow him to stay down. He would not, he was not going to be discouraged. He wanted to, to fight the good fight. He wanted to win. And uh, I believe that, that God wants you to, to fight the good fight. I believe that God wants you to be encouraged by his word. I want, you, I want you to know that God wants to use you. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. He wants to work in your life. And I think the most important thing of all is he wants to spend eternity with you. And uh, so things may be tough now, but if we look to eternity, things are going to be totally different. And we're going to look back and say, oh, that wasn't that bad. Right? If you ever said that, you look back at something, you say, oh, it was, that wasn't really that bad. You know, I see it most when, when women have babies, right? Um, they're like, I'm never having another kid ever again. Right? It was horrible. It was so much pain. And then about a year later, it's like, I want another baby. You know, they forgot how, how, how that was. And I think there's going to come a time where we're going to look back and say, you know what? It wasn't that bad. I actually changed as a human being. I actually had more time with the Lord. I, I, I was able to spend time in different ways. I was able to, to redeem things in different ways that I would have ever thought of. You know, every year we have a meeting for the bridge and we say, how can we do the bridge dinner? We've done it the same every year for 14 years. It's been a carbon copy. I mean, 
minute by minute mapping out four hours. We always say, well, how can we do it differently? Well, you know, guess what? This year, it's gonna be different. I don't know what it's gonna be. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but it's gonna be different and it's gonna be new and it's gonna be exciting. And no matter how it is or how it isn't, God will be glorified in what we do or even what we don't do. Amen. So I'm gonna pray. Father God, I thank you for, uh, for Calvary Monterey. I thank you for this group of believers, Lord. I would just pray that you would encourage their heart. You would give them the strength, the wisdom, the stamina, Lord, just to endure these hard times, these difficult things that we're going through, this uncertainty, this unsurety, Lord, just to give them that internal just fight, to fight the good fight, Lord, to stand up, to not, to not be beaten down by the enemy, Lord, but to find strength in your son, Jesus Christ. So we thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you would like more teachings and information about Calvary Monterey, please visit calvary.com. You can also find books, teachings through the Bible, and articles from our lead pastor at nateholdridge.com. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next week.